hands up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today and you're going to want to get more copies of this. So give us a call, 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back, listen, and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I gotta see. I gotta look around. I got diesel smoke rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414, a big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. This is Jeff and Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministry, and we are getting ready to get in the cab. I've got my partner with me. Hi, how are you? My name's Cliff. Hey, Cliff. I'm glad you're here today, and I'm, I'm glad excited. to be here. Well, yeah, I'm excited about what we're going to do right here in the cab. This is our in the cab program. We're going to put you up in a big old truck and drive down the road with them truckers out there on the oh, road. Oh, man. I, I hope there's a little uh, air in the seat. <laughs> <laughs> you get you an air seat, don't yeah, worry. Yeah. I, I, I was I started driving when they didn't have those. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. I'm I an old school guy. <laughs> you know, that them them seats without air make a fella uh, make a Baptist look like a Pentecost. You know, <laughs> jumping up and down there. You know. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> That's my partner, Cliff Clark. And who we got with us today, Cliff? Uh, we got, uh, what's her name? Let's see. March, April. Yeah, they, we got April over me with us. Yeah. All right. Yeah. How long you known April? A long time. Well, not all that long, but a long time. Yeah, a long time. I'm older than I think. Yeah, about nine years. April is an awesome woman of God. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to hear from April, and she's going to share uh, a little bit about her 
life. She's going to share her testimony, aren't you, April? I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony. Right. Well, April, tell us uh, how you got saved, okay? How, okay? how you come to know this man called Jesus. Amen. Well, I tell you, I, I used drugs for most of my life, and I got saved, and I'm doing quotation marks, in 2001. I went to jail the first time I'd, I'd been on drugs, like I said, most of my life, and um, I said the prayer. And I did all the things that you're supposed to do, you know, and I felt like I was on fire for God and filled with the Holy Ghost, and I was doing things, doing Celebrate Recovery. We got out, my husband and I, and um, I went to a church, and I, everything that I was supposed to be doing, and then after eight years, I relapsed. We were clean for eight years, and I relapsed, and I went back to jail, and I was like, God, what, what did I miss? You know, what, what was it that I missed? And Because I did everything they told me. I did everything they told me to do, so tell me what I missed. And just as clear as day sitting on that bunk in that jail, he said, you missed me. Oh, wow. And so I set out my, my, my encounter then, because when I first went to jail, I was so ashamed. Like, I, I was so ashamed I had to, and, and I'll tell a little more when I, when I tell my testimony, but I couldn't, I just couldn't. I didn't think I could come back to the Lord. I thought I got saved. And so I kept saying to myself, well, I won't do that again. I won't, I won't use a needle again. You know, you rationalize these things to yourself. So I was rationalizing that and saying that I wouldn't ever do that again, and then I did that again. Then, well, we, we won't manufacture meth again. And the next thing I knew, we were manufacturing meth again. And it was just a matter of time. And they came and they raided my home. They arrested pretty much my whole family. And we went back to jail, and that's where God dealt with me. And that's where God said, okay, now we can get started. Yeah. You know, sometimes we think, oh, we've got it all together. And it says, oh, how, what, how is it? Oh, how hard the mighty fall. And so it was that humbling. Because, man, I'm telling you, when your whole community, I mean, my whole community saw me fall. And not just fall, like really fall. And so it was a very humbling time. It was a very healing time. And God did a lot of work on me. And when I said that in that floor of that jail, I meant it. And I still went to prison. I'm going to say this. Just because you get saved and you accept Jesus and, and you tell him all the things and you pray and you read your word, that doesn't mean the consequences of your sin go away. Because mine didn't. Now, let me tell you this, though. I didn't get 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get 40 years. They did give me 15. And what God told me was you can either make it a mission field or a battlefield, meaning wow. you can fight all the way through it, or you can make it a mission to get people to me. Yeah. And so I did both. I fought to, to get everything the enemy had taken from me, you know, because I took it as he meant. I could fight it, you know, in a bad way, but I fought to get everything the enemy took from me because I was dead set that I was not going to leave that prison the same person that I came in there. Yeah. Not drug addicted, not mentally unstable, emotionally unstable. I wasn't going to take resentments. I wasn't going to take fears because I'd been addled with those things my whole entire life. I'm not going to do it. Everything that I was before I truly met Christ, I was not going to be that again. I was going to let Jesus completely change me, yeah. and he did. There's people who know me now, and if I tell them that I've been, as a matter of fact, there was a girl at work just the other day. I told her I'd been to prison. She said, no, you have not. <laughs> no, you have not. And, but I have. I have, and it's part of who I am. And, and that part, 
I don't, you know, Tim and I talk about our addiction and we talk about, and it, it's to help other people. And who's Tim? My husband. Okay. He's my precious husband. <laughs> um, we've been married for 20 years this year. 21 years this year. He'd be like, you got it wrong. 21, honey, 21. But uh, that's a whole nother story. But I, I got out of prison. I didn't even, I served three years out of the 15-year sentence. Oh, wow. Wow. And I, because I went in there and even in jail, you know, they called me the Bible lady or the church lady. I was constantly in this word. I went from Matthew to Revelations because I needed to know who Jesus was. Number one, I needed to know who he was to me. I needed to know how he treated people. How did he talk to people? Cause that's how I wanted to talk to people. How did he see people? Cause that's how I wanted to see people. How did he, what did he do? Because that's what I wanted to do. It says we are made in the image of God. So I wanted to be how he was. I wanted to talk how he talked. I wanted to see how he seen and be who I I wanted to know Jesus. So, you know, I, I get in the book of John and I'm looking at the woman at the well. And, and, and I just, it just, because it says he, he told them I have need to go there. He needed to go see that woman. You know, he has a desire to meet with us, to be with us, to tell us of his love. And, and I learned that. I, t- I think about the woman caught in the act of adultery. And I watch her, and I think of her naked going out before that crowd. And I watch Jesus. I watch Jesus deal with her. Did he condemn her? No, he didn't condemn We all know the stories, but I watched him. I watched him. And so I listened to how he spoke to her. And I internalize it because that's how he speaks to me. I was the woman caught in the in adultery. I was the woman living with the man who was not her husband. You know, I was, I was those. I was that one. I, I, I was the one casting the stone. So it, I began to put myself in it. And when you can put yourself in a situation, you can you can look at it all the way different. You know, so the women in prison, I would look at them and man, I'm telling you, some of them, it's not civilized all the time in prison. Everybody there doesn't know and love Jesus, <laughs> but you have to look into why, why are they like that? What happened? How can I speak into that hurt? How can I help that pain? How can my pain somehow heal her pain? And that's what God did for me, you know? And so, so I got out of prison, did Came out, we've done everything. We met Alan Brock. No. <laughs> I didn't like Alan. I didn't like I Alan. Understand. I didn't. And you you introduced me to him. Yeah. You guys came to our church one night. I'm like, where'd this guy come from? Where did this guy come from? I thought he was obnoxious. He's gonna hear this. I love you, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> he knows my testimony. So I meet this Alan Brock and he says to my husband, and my husband's he's like a dreamer guy. You know, he, he he's got big dreams, you know, he he and I'm the I'm the I'm the rock, you know. He says I'm a dream crusher, but I'm really not. But, you know, you've got to have one because you'll be homeless if you don't. Yeah. So <laughs> look at where we are. <laughs> so I meet Alan, and uh, he says, you know, I'm part of a motorcycle ministry called Road Riders for Jesus. And I'm like, okay. We, I never rode a motorcycle in my whole entire life. How is, and Tim's like, we could do that. You know, he's like, we could do that. I'm like, we cannot. No, we cannot do that. We don't own a motorcycle. We we, 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 we are in prison ministry. That's what we do. We're, we're prison ministry people. Hey, but we could be motorcycle people. So I'm like, we're not doing that. 
So we're driving through the town I work in one day, and I look up, and there's this motorcycle setting up on a hill. And I'm like, let's go look at that motorcycle. <laughs> He's like, what? Yeah. I said, let's go look at that motorcycle. Listen, Alan had to come and drive that motorcycle home. Yeah. My husband never drove a motorcycle. So here we are. We were in a motorcycle ministry, and I'm telling you what. It has been the greatest joy of my life. We love it so much, and we've, we have seen people saved, we've seen people healed, we've watched amazing things, we've grown. You know, I, I was already pretty bold in my ministry, but we've, we've gotten more bold, we, I, we pray for people wherever we go, we, we love it. What's the name of the ministry? Road Riders for Jesus Motorcycle Ministry. Oh. I said it. Oh. Um, so, and so then I, you know, I started getting involved with the ladies, and so then they told me about Ruth, which stands for Riding Under the Holy Spirit. So, and there are some ladies that ride. I do not ride. I ride with my husband. But there are ladies that ride. Carl Crackle, our international director who founded Road Riders for Jesus, you know, felt that there, there was a need for the women. And so the women of Ruth's support the ministry. We support each other. We support our community. So I was asked to be... I can't remember if I was asked to be the Indiana State Coordinator for Ruth at the beginning or just my chapter coordinator, but they asked me to start coordinating Ruth. And so I did that in my chapter, and we started doing things like going to nursing homes. It was very good during COVID because you couldn't go in, but we would do a card ministry. And so we sent cards in with the activities director. We've done stuff like that. We went one time and asked for anyone in the nursing home who didn't get visitors. And we took them in care packages. We made homeless bags to take to the homeless who live on the streets. I have a heart for homeless people. I've been homeless. We go to women's ministries, uh, clothing banks, food banks. We just recently went to the Dream Center where they have all kinds of outreach for kids in Evansville, Indiana. And we went there and we took backpacks. And what the backpacks were for, they were filled with food that the kids could make easily for themselves over the weekend when they couldn't go to the Dream Center. So the Dream Center does, uh, my gosh, I think this year they took them to St. Louis Zoo. They, all these kids come. They have after-school things that they go where if they don't have anywhere to go after school. They, it, they did a presentation for us, and it said, from cradle to career. So what a blessing it was to get to be a part of that and get to bless those kids. And so that's what I've done with my, my group of Ruth's, and that's what I'd like to share with other groups of Ruth's ladies in different states. We have, I, I don't know if you'll maybe know more than me, Cliff, how many states. I know we have a lot, a lot of states. You do not have to ride a motorcycle to be a member. But, you know, Road Riders is, we're geared toward one percenters getting the biker community saved. A one percenter is part of a biker club. They're considered outlaw bikers. And uh, that's, I believe, why Carl formed the ministry was for outlaw biker groups, clubs. We are not a MC. We are not a motorcycle club. We are a motorcycle ministry. We have an MM. So um, it's a ministry. So when you come into Road Riders for Jesus, you know, a lot of people think, well, I love Jesus, but they don't get that we, we go out and minister. We, we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe Matthew 28, go ye and make disciples of all the nations. So this past year, they asked me to be the National Roots Coordinator, which means 
over all of the roofs. I don't know that I'm qualified for it, but you know what? My very first article for the magazine, Road Riders for Jesus, has a magazine, and my first article was called Unqualified. So God will qualify you, and he has qualified me, and I also have a heart for women, so... So my testimony up until now is that my, my husband and I also do prison ministry. I'm going into Indiana Women's Prison on Sunday. So we do that. We do jail ministry. I go into the jail on, every Tuesday and minister to the ladies in the very jail where I met Jesus. Awesome. And not only, awesome. yeah, not only do I, you know, I can point to the seat where I met Jesus. I can tell them right in the indoor rec area where I got baptized in a cattle trough so they can see that maybe, just maybe, this Jesus could do that for me. I didn't think there was a God who could do anything for me. So if I can go back in there and say, listen, and a lot of them know me, and if he can do it for me, don't you dare tell yourself that he can't do it for you because he can. And so that's that's a little bit about what I do. That's my testimony. And uh, April, I love it. I love it. You are what? Lonesome Road Ministry is all about taking the church to the people right where they're at. Yeah, because they're not going to come. They're not going to come. I'd rather go out on the street and minister to a homeless guy who wants nothing more than a meal, but then he gets more than that because Jesus feeds our soul. April, we got a song we want to put on for our listeners, but before we do that, would you give everybody your phone number so that they can call you and find out more about this women's motorcycle group that you have. Ruth's writing under the Holy Spirit, yes. Like Ruth in the Bible. Share that phone number with them. 812-766-2244. And not even kidding, if you you are hearing my voice, if you know somebody who is in addiction, if you have a child who's in addiction, if you are a mother in addiction, 812-766-2244. I will answer the phone. If I don't answer the phone, leave a message, send a text, I'll answer. Just tell me who you are and, and we can talk because the one thing I learned is there are no hopeless cases or lost causes. Amen. Ever. You know. Oh, I wanted to share this too. My son, he I said he was also in addiction. He celebrated on August the second, three years of sobriety. Amen. So <laughs> good for him. But uh so yeah, God, you know, God's just been good. God's been good when I didn't deserve for him to be good. He, I don't ever deserve for him to be good. It, and isn't it good that whether I deserve it or not, he's still good. It is. Yeah. God is good all the time. Yeah. And all the time. God is, God good. is good. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise. In this heart of mine, God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. He's so good all the time. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His 
God is good. That's Doris Merritt. That's the Merritts, and they've got a great cowboy church down there in Hugo, Oklahoma. If you're traveling down that way, stop in and see the Merritts. They've got plenty of truck parking down there. They've got 40 acres. So, April, you have a message on your heart that you want to share with our listeners. So, we're going to give you that opportunity right now. You know, I, when I first came to the Lord, even even early on, Psalms 34 always spoke to me. It spoke directly to me. So I, I, I don't know if I'd call it a message, but I hope that it speaks to someone else like it spoke to me. You know, Brother Cliff, you said last night that, that you're, you were going to say what God told you to say, and that's what I'm going to do. And Psalms 34 says this in verse 1. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. See, when I first got arrested, I couldn't bless the Lord yet, but, but when I finally got it, I made up my mind, and that's what it takes is a made-up mind. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually, that means always, be in my mouth. I want the praises of the Lord to continually be in my mouth. Now, does that happen every day all the time? No. It does, but I want that. And that's my prayer. And these psalms, that's how I, I look at them. Okay, this is what I want. I want to praise. The, you said delight in the Lord last night at all times. That's what I want. I want to praise him continually. It says, my soul shall boast in the Lord. You know, when it says boast, I'm not bragging about what God did to me. I'm humble enough to know that he could have left me in the muck and the mire. And I'll boast of that all day long. I'll boast of what my God did for me. If you are truly saved and you don't have a boast about what God did for you, there's something wrong. Because I was in the muck and the mire, and he pulled me out. See, I kept trying to get out, trying to get out, pulling my feet, and it just kept coming and coming and coming. And finally, he just reached in. And scoop me out. 
of the muck and the mire. So yes, I will boast in the Lord and his praise shall be in my mouth at all times. It says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And what that says to me is we have to assemble together. Let's exalt his name. Come magnify the Lord with me. Now, I love this. In verse 4, it says this. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. You know, I said in my testimony that I was addled with fear my whole life. I was afraid of everything. And it says right here, I sought the Lord. So if I seek the Lord, if I truly seek the Lord, he is faithful. It says his name is faithful. So if I seek him... With my whole heart, he hears me and he delivers me from all of my fears. So if you're, if you're listening to me, seek him, seek him. He will hear you and deliver you from all your fears. They looked to him and were radiant. Their faces were not ashamed. So many people are dealing with shame, guilt, regret, hurt, pain, all the things that we go through in life. Life treats you. Treats, it, it never promises to treat us good, does it, Brother Cliff? We've been through things, all of us, and we carry that with us. But it says he'll deliver us from it all. Their faces were not ashamed. Today I can sit upright, stand tall, head up, chin up as a daughter of the king with no shame. How is that possible? You just heard all the things that I've done. You heard the laundry list of sin. So how is it possible that I can, daughter of the king, because I'm a daughter of the king. That's why. And he said, I'm healed, saved, set free, delivered. And when he said I was healed, he meant from shame, from all of that. And I finally made up my mind to give it to him. It says their faces were not ashamed. And listen to this in in verse 6. It says, this poor man... This poor woman, I cried out with all of my heart, with every part of my soul, I cried out to God. Said this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him. You know, in, in is it Second Chronicles seven fourteen? It said, if my people will humble themselves, seek my face and pray. But there's one part that nobody ever reads in verse fifteen. It says, then I will incline my ear. And that part always just, ugh, it makes me want to choke cry. Because he says, if my people will, then I will. And it's like, okay, we begin to pray and God's ear perks up. This poor man cries out and God's like, oh, 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 is that my girl? Is that my son crying out to me? Is that my son or my daughter crying out to me? If you're lost in addiction, you're stuck, you're lost, undone, whatever. Poor man, cry out today to the Lord. And he will hear you. And it says, he saved me out of all of my troubles. Now again, did God deliver me out of the jail cell like he did Peter? No, he did not. I needed the jail cell. I needed that time to get alone with Jesus without all the noise of the world, all the distractions that come. But he still saved me from all my trouble. I'll tell you what, I was probably the happiest inmate in that place. (laughs) I was. People get mad at me. What are you happy about? What? Five in the morning, we'd be walking to chow, my little bunkie. She'd be like, April, it's it's too early for you to be this happy. And I'm singing to the Lord. I don't care. I don't care that I'm in a, a maximum security women's prison. It didn't matter. This poor man cried out. <laughs> and see, when this poor man cried out and the Lord heard me, something happened. Because if God hears your prayer, something happens, right? Amen. God is faithful. 
to answer the prayer of the righteous. Amen. So he hears your prayer. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear me. He delivers them. He delivered me. He delivered me from drug addiction. He's delivered me from, I, I, I was not a modest woman, and that's all the further I will go. I was not, I, I was a loose woman. I was the woman caught in the act of adultery. I was the woman who just gave herself away for free. I, I, somebody needs to hear that, or God wouldn't have told me to say it. He'll deliver you from it all. Lust, greed, pride, all of it. And here's verse 8. Verse 8 says this. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. He's good no matter what. He's good. Listen, I don't know who you know that would die for you, but that's good. Amen. He thought it good that he should die for us. Amen. He went... Man, he sang that song about the Via Della Rosa, and nobody talks about the Via Della Rosa. Nobody talks about the road that Jesus traveled for my sin. Nobody talks about the cross that he bare, not, not just the one he hung on. Yeah. You know, nobody talks about it. You know, and when I began to really see that, see what he did, that he was looking down at me, that he was looking through the ages at me, when he said it is finished, he was looking through time at me. Do you think he didn't see all my mess? You think he didn't? You don't think he sees your mess? He sees your mess. And he hung there and he did that because he's good. He did that because he's good. Even when you're stuck in addiction, a needle in your arm, even when you're laying in somebody's bed that you shouldn't be in, even when you're lying, you're cheating, you're stealing. God's still good. God is still good every day, all day. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. See, sometimes we got to remember that God's good. Some of us didn't ever know that he was. See, I couldn't figure out how could a good God allow the things that happened to me to happen to me. Some of, the, some of those things were choices. Some of those things men did to me. Some of those things my parents did to me, allowed to happen to me. But it wasn't God. But I do believe this. I believe God was there the whole time. Loving me. Yes. Waiting for me. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. See, I, since the day I decided to trust Jesus. Now, I just went through a, a time very recently where I had some trouble trusting Jesus. Does that, does that mean that when, when it says, blessed is the man who trusts in God, even though, okay, some people think, well, I, I still have doubts. Of course you do sometimes. We all do sometimes. You know, it's, God isn't looking for this perfect people, and if you're perfect, he'll bless you. He just wants you to trust him. So I had to make up my mind, I'm going to trust God no matter what. Now, <laughs> are there times where we struggle? Nobody in this room, I don't care who you are, there have been times in your life where you thought, man, can I really trust him with this thing? You know, this is big. This is a big deal. You know, but he says, blessed is the man who trusts in him. So today I choose to trust in him. Hey. I choose to, you know, somebody asked me one time, how do you do that? How do you get up there in front of people and preach? How do you just walk up to somebody and start telling them? Because aren't you afraid? Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
If I didn't do the things I was afraid of, I wouldn't do anything at all. God doesn't tell me. He just says, you trust me. You do what I tell you to do, and, and that fear will go away. God will deliver me from it. You know, there'll be an initial time where I'm like, Ooh, you know, you get the n- nervous belly and you get, but trust in the Lord because blessed is the man who trusts. In, and I want to be blessed. Amen. Blessed is the man. And I've been blessed in every area of my life. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. So that does not mean that we're to be trembling, scared of the Lord. But God is an awesome God. We look at things, and, and this drives me absolutely nuts. We'll call a pizza awesome. We'll call, oh, oh, that picture is awesome. That sunset. No, no, the man who created it is awesome. The God of the universe is awesome. It's that kind of fear. I know what he's capable of. And the knowledge of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So I have a healthy, holy fear of Almighty God because he's Almighty God. And one day he said, let there be light. And light traveled from his mouth at the speed of light. Everybody talks about the Big Bang. I bet there was. I bet there was when light traveled from his mouth. I bet there was. So you can believe in that all you want, but I know where it came from. It came from a creator. There is no want in those who fear him. There's no want. You know, I have things I need. You have things you need. We would have things, the desires of our heart. We have those things. But God says there'll be no lack. I lack nothing. I lack nothing because I made a decision on a dirty library floor in the middle of a jail in the midst of chaos, fear, and madness. And I said, God, no matter what, I'm going to serve you. There's no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. The Bible says that our father gives good gifts to his children. He's not going to give me a serpent. He's not going to give me a stone. He's going to, if I seek him with all of my heart and the kingdom of God, he's going to give me the desires of my heart. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So I seek the kingdom things. People say, well, is it being a Christian boy? No, I do whatever I want. I do whatever I want. I have a blast. But everything I want, I just want to please God. I just want to please him. I just want to be, just like you said last night, Brother Cliff, in the center of God's will. And if you're in the center of God's will, that's not boring. I'm telling you what, I don't have time to be bored. My poor cat today, I walked in my house and my cat's like, meow, meow. Like, just pet me, love me, stay, please stay. You know? And I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm not bored. I'm busy. I'm busy. So, yeah. So don't think being a Christian's boring. Don't think you're going to lose all the fun stuff. I do all kinds of fun stuff. I mean, I wrote, ride a motorcycle with a bunch of cool people. So, whatever. Like, like, we don't like any good thing. Come, you children, and listen. There's, there's where we've got to listen. Our church this year has been focusing on listen and position. We have to listen in order to know where God's going to put us, place us, position us. Then we have to position ourselves in a way where we can go do what he's called us to do. Amen. But first, we have to listen. You have to listen. Whew. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And that's what we're to do. As, as leaders, as pastors, as preachers, evangelists, we're, we're to teach people the fear of the Lord. Teach them that, that he's not this God that's going to strike them down. Or You know, one of the things I remember thinking early on was that God was just up there wringing his hands. What a mess she is. Oh, my Lord. You know, what? Oh, or he was just going to smite me. I had to tell somebody today that what they were going through, and he's a Christian. 
but it wasn't a punishment from God. What you've done is under the blood. What i done is under the blood. Amen. God doesn't see it anymore. Jesus is our mediator. What he did, and to say that, to say that God is a punishing God or to fear him in that way, he must punish sin, and he did that through Christ. And if I say that I believe that Jesus Christ died for me, for me to say that anything bad that's happening to me is a punishment for Christ, it negates what Jesus did on the cross and says the blood is of no effect. So we've got to teach people that. It's not this, you know, oh, God, i got to be scared to do everything. Oh, I can't go here. I can't do that. I can't. No, it's that, that fear of a loving God. I don't, want, I don't want to do anything to grieve the Holy Spirit or my Jesus. I don't want. And people need to know the difference between that and the fear of God. Amen. Yes, I'm in awe of him. I mean, you can walk outside. If, if you can't be in awe just by looking around, he, he did it all. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil. One of the very first things I had to do, because I'm telling you, shoo, I'd make a sailor blush with this mouth when I first came to Christ. And that was the first order of business for me. I cannot talk. I cannot. I mean, my goodness, my mouth. Keep your mouth from evil. And that doesn't just mean cuss words. Keep your mouth from gossip. Keep your mouth from pride. Alan will tell you me and him are big gossips and... Anyhow, keep your mouth from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. I was a liar. I was a liar before I came to Christ. I lied to me, you, and anybody who'd listen. Keep your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. (coughs) Now, I thought... Even in my addiction, well, I'm a good, I'm a good person. I'm a decent person. Or, or at least I did things to make people think that. You know, I wanted you to think I was a good person. I knew who I was. You know, so depart from evil and do good. I'm going to add to that, be good. Be who you say you are. Keep your lips from evil. You know, evil is, you know, I pretended I put on a mask so you wouldn't see the monster that I was. Because I was a monster in a lot of ways. So, keep your tongue from evil, keep your lips from speaking deceit, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. I was the queen of chaos. I loved it. I was addicted to it. Some people are. They just are. And so, so I, today I seek peace in my life and I pursue it. If it. Nothing is worth my peace. Now, sometimes God will, you know, get in there and be like, hmm, let's jumble it up a little bit. And, and, and I like that kind of, you know, where he, he makes me a little uncomfortable. Sometimes my husband, if he hears, he's going to be like, you do not. You're lying through your teeth. <laughs> but I do seek peace and I do pursue it where before I would create havoc. I, you know, I would, it didn't matter any situation. You know people like that. We all know people like that. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. That means you and me. And you, if you're listening, all you have to do to be the righteousness of Christ is ask him into your heart. And his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is, now I love this, verse 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. My heart was so broken. Just broken from years of, you know, things that happen when you're a child. Things that, my heart was so broken. You know, and... Even learning about the love of Jesus, I had a hard time. Because to me in life, love was conditional. Love was if you're a good girl, I'll love you. If you're pretty enough, 
I'll love you. If you give yourself, I'll love you. It's all, it was always a give and take. So I had to, I had to really retrain my mind and my heart that Jesus's love was completely unconditional. He knew exactly who I was, where I was, what, all of it. And he loved me anyway. And so that was a hard thing. And, you know, and I'm sure that you have listeners who deal with that, especially women. And, and, and I, especially women, you know, we try to live up to this, ex, this unattainable expectation that the world places on us from, from small little girls. You know, you're going to make somebody a good little wife someday. Or you're going to, whatever that, expect, so we, we get it in our brain. This is what they expect of me. And if I do that, if I achieve that, whether it be graduating, college, career, good mother, whatever, if I do, then I will be loved. Then I will be cherished. Then I will be honored. And God says, no, I love you right where you are. So it says these near to those who have a broken heart. Don't we all come to Christ with a broken heart? You know? And saves such as have a contrite heart. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. There it is. It doesn't say it's all going to be puppies and rainbows for the righteous. You know, you, you say the little prayer and, and everything's going to be roses and beautiful sunsets all of your life. No, that's not what it says. It says right here, mm, many are the afflictions. I've been through some really hard stuff. Yeah. Saved, loving Jesus. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Hmm. He guards all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. And we skip down to verse 22. And it says, the Lord redeems the soul of his servants. You know, and that should be the desire of all of our hearts. I just want to serve Jesus and people. I want to be a servant. You know, Martha was doing all the things. All the things. And Mary, Mary was serving him in her own way. And he said, Martha, 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 Mary is right where she's supposed to be. My husband preached or gave a little devotion or what, and he said, Martha, sit down. Sit down, serve Jesus at his feet, and then you can serve. See, I, I'm called to go out and serve nations. I'm, I'm called to go out and serve the brokenhearted. I'm called to go out and serve the, the hurt, the undone, the drug addicted, the alcohol addled. I'm, I'm, I'm called to serve them. So I have to sit at Jesus' feet and serve there first. And none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Amen. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. If anyone or you are telling yourself or anyone else is telling you that you can't serve God because you're too bad. You've done too much. You can't serve Jesus. That's a lie from the devil to try to keep you from Christ. There is no condemnation. There is conviction from the Holy Ghost, and that's good. But there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He didn't come to condemn us. He came that we might be saved. Amen. I lost the days spent in wickedness and the nights in misery. I lost the pains of conscience for so long tormented me. I lost some evil friendships that God said I didn't need. Shake hands with a loser. I lost all that sin gave me. 
with a loser Oh, but friend, this loser's glad I lost the tragic things in life That made my face so sad And I lost the chance for eternity In hell, friend, don't you see? Shake hands with a loser I lost all that sin gave me I lost some evil habits That I knew were not right I lost a heart condition That made my soul as black as night I lost the life of enslavement To the devil, now I'm free Shake hands with a loser I lost all that sin gave me Shake hands with a loser Oh, but friend, this loser's glad I lost the tragic things in life That made my face so sad And I lost the chance for eternity In hell, friend, don't you see? Shake hands with a loser I lost all that sin gave me Shake hands with a loser Oh, but friend Losers glad I lost the tragic things in life That made my face so sad And I lost the chance for eternity In hell, friend, don't you see? Shake hands with a loser But I'm a mighty happy loser I'm a blood-washed loser I lost all that sin gave me We need Jesus. So God is a just God, and he must punish sin. So he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross to save us from our sin. And all we have to do to receive that is ask Jesus. We have to have saving faith. You know, not that temporary mind faith. We have to have the saving faith that Jesus Christ alone is the only way. It says, I'm the way and truth and life, and no one comes unto the Father but by me. Amen. So it's, it's, it's as simple as this, with your heart. The words don't save you. The words do not save you. It's Jesus that saves you. So if you say with your whole heart, Jesus, I need you in my life. I cannot do this by myself. And you say, heaven is a free gift. I need heaven. I want to make heaven my home. And I cannot do it on my own. And I know that God is a just God and he must punish sin. So Jesus, I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died on the cross for me to save me from my sin. I ask you now to be the Lord of my life. I repent of my sin. I am a sinner. And I repent of those sins. Repenting means I turn away from my sin. And I turn my face towards you, Jesus. And I ask you to save me. I thank you for saving me. 
And it's really that easy. Jesus is no respecter of persons, Brother Cliff. He is no respecter of persons. If he saved me, he'll save anybody. And that's the truth. If he, would, if he was willing to die on the cross for those crying crucify, why would he not? Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to. One day a preacher friend of mine was driving down near the county line. Near the tavern he got an awful shock, a well-known car in the parking lot. The preacher parked his car, went right in. He sat down at the bar next to a friend. While fighting back a bitter tear, preacher said, son, why are you here? Please come on home to those who care. There is no shame. The cross won't bear. Just as you are, son, come on home. Your family is waiting. For you Son, faith In Jesus Will set you free There's no shame The cross won't bear The next Sunday morning my preacher friend preached his heart, painting a picture of sin when he finally gave an altar call. The people were kneeling wall to wall. The prodigal son confessed his sins at that blessed altar of prayer. The family's one now, praising God. All the preacher could do was cry and nod. Friend, have you met God at the altar of prayer? There is no shame. The cross won't bear. Just as you are sinner friend, your blessed Savior waits for you. Your sin, he will set 
Jesus at the altar of prayer there is no shame that the cross won't bear just as I am though tossed about with many conflict and many a doubt fightings and fears within without a land of God I Without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track the preacher had read, his words still echoing in the back of my head. I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. Then I called his name. This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome so long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling Down that old lonesome road I shared the good news wherever I go. Yes, there's been a change. I'm not the man I used to be. And I tell everybody what's happened to me. How oh, I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. But I called his name. This chance could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree, and I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross, 
Brokenhearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Hey drivers, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road Radio, and we want to hear from you. Give us a shout. Our phone number is 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org. And if you can't give us a call, then just blow your air horn as you're driving by. Me out flying 
me down, making no time. But I gotta keep a rolling. Those windshield wipers, slapping out a tempo, keeping perfect rhythm with the song on. 